intentional. And I felt so dumb that I took, she had this book list, and I just started taking that book list and started going through the books. And um, I've learned a lot more. And the thing is, when you learn a lot, you realize how dumb you really are. And the more you learn, the more you realize how dumb you are. So that just keeps happening. It's like this gap that keeps happening. But I feel more prepared. Um, but still, there's too much to think about. There's too much going on in parenting, and um, I have to keep it simple. And so I want to keep it simple for us this morning. We're going to look at one passage, and then I'm going to bring up some couples. I'll explain that here in a second. So I want us to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is how simple it is. This is the goal. This is the one objective of parenting that keeps being repeated over and over in the Word of God. And it's highlighted down there at the bottom. So Paul is talking to this church in Thessalonica. So he's talking to a group of people. He's not teaching them about parenting. That wasn't the purpose of this. He's talking about his relationship with them. And he says, you know that we, he and and his traveling partners, treated each one of you just as parents treat their own children. We encouraged you. We comforted you. And we kept urging you. To live the kind of life that pleases God. He calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. And so he's talking to them and he knows they understand this. And he's trying to explain his relationship with them. And so he uses common knowledge. He goes, you know, like, and actually the word parents literally is translated dad. Um, But it's translated different ways. For us this morning, we're going to use this version that says parents. Just as parents treat their own children oh, yeah, we know how you're supposed to do that. They all knew they were supposed to encourage them. They were supposed to comfort, and they were supposed to urge. Why? To to encourage them to do what? To comfort them to do what? To urge them to do what? What's the objective? To live the kind of life that pleases God. Now, that doesn't mean, you need to understand, they all knew this. He wasn't saying to live the kind of life that pleases God so that he rewards you or punishes you. No, no, that's not what he was talking about. Another way to say that in their language, another way it would be translated in a different language would be this way. To live the kind of life that God intended for you. See the difference there? The kind of life that pleases God is the kind of life that he created us for. And not pleasing him versus, oh, you bummed him out. No, it's like, it's based on relationship. Notice that he says this. He emphasizes something. You know. Like, how bold can you be to say that? He's confident enough in his friendship with them, in they understand where he's coming from in terms of him treating them parentally, treating them with care and comfort. In fact, earlier in 1 Thessalonians, he talks about, you know, we came to you like a mother, nurturing and caring and being gentle. And he said, you know, that's pretty confident. Like if I were to say, you know, I've got great hair. Like that's, I can't say that with confidence. Right? I can't say that because I really don't have confidence in my hair. But he has confidence in his relationship with them. Confidence enough that he can say, you know this is how we came to you. And then he doesn't just say, you all. He says, we treated each one of you. And he brings it intimate so that anyone hearing this letter, as it's being read before the church, they could each, he knew with confidence that with all of them, they could say the same thing. Not like, hey, it was great for you guys, but you know that Jerry, that guy, really bummed me out. So other than that guy, who we didn't get along at all, I treated that guy horribly. But the rest of you, no, he says, each 
one of you have that confidence. You know that. But just for me to be told, because I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm taking this and I'm twisting it a little bit. I'm talking about what they all understood in parenting, which is what we don't all understand, and I want us to emphasize that. He was talking to them about their faith, but he was using the analogy of parenting and saying, you know how it's supposed to be done. This is how you're supposed to parent. This is how you're supposed to look out for your kids. So since you know that, let's talk about it in this framework. We're going to look at that framework. And this is difficult for me to talk about for a couple reasons because this has been one of those couple weeks where, I don't know if you've ever, if you have kids, you've seen it. If you don't, don't worry. You understand the concept here. Um, there is uh, the Shrek series of movies. And I can't remember if it's the final one, but it's the most visible. For some reason, he gets like a bunch of little Shrek babies. And um, he's an ogre, right? Like his whole design is he's a monster. And so they're having some birthday party. And I can totally relate with this because I'm not a big fan of the kids' birthday party things, especially when I'm hosting them. And it's all this pressure and stuff. So anyways, he's upset about whatever his deal is, and he just goes all ogre. Like he takes the cake and screams and freaks out the kids, and the kids start crying, and he acts like an ogre. Welcome to my past two weeks. And so as I'm looking at this situation, looking at these passages, and I hear encourage you, comfort you, keep urging you, I'm like, oh. So I'm smart. I brought up the pros. Now what I mean by the pros, I'd like to invite them up right now. Uh, could I please invite my, my parenting panel up? Could you guys come on up? I know you're scared after I just said that. Uh, I'm inviting up the Sills. I'm inviting up uh, the Wingers. You guys can cheer them on if you'd like instead of scaring them. And the Applefords. I'm asking them up for several reasons. Um, I'm asking them up because I thought about parents, and there's many other parents I thought of, but I thought of parents that I, I know their kids, and I know their relationship with their kids, and I saw these characteristics. They encouraged, or they comfort, or they urged them. Um, now, you need to understand something. None of them are really excited about this. Pretty much any time you have a microphone, and you say, hey, I'd love to have you come. Nobody wants to do it. Um, so we gave them the, the opportunity to not do it if they didn't want to. But I wanted to find parents whose kids had, um, so you should each, each couple should have a microphone. So the Sills have one right down there. So they do not consider themselves pros, and really neither do I. But um, what I do consider them is very intentional parents that work hard. So I called their kids. And I said, look, I'm going to call your parents. Now, before I call your parents, you need to understand, if you say you do not recommend them, they will never know that I called you. Okay? So, but were they intentional parents? Were they parents that said they were sorry? Were they parents that, um, that were willing to adapt or to change? Were they parents that made it clear they did not know what they were doing, but they were working really hard at it? And then the ultimate question was, do you look to them as models for how you should parent? And they answered yes. All three of them were very confident and said, no, I really would like you to have my parents up here. I think people can learn a lot from them. Uh, so this is Kristen Muir's parents. This is Josh Sill's parents. And this is Matt Winger's parents. I know that already made you a little suspect when I mentioned all their kids. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so, um, but the understanding is, is they, they will look back and think of things they would do again and things they would change. And so we're asking them to help us in hindsight. And this isn't just for parents. It's for grandparents. It's for teenagers. It's for college students. It's for dating people. Because we all are part of a family, and we all need to look at this dynamic of parenting and realize we are in way over our heads, which is why we're making this so simple. Okay, so let's get started here, and um, this is not scripted. We only have so much time, but I, last week the, the, uh, we had way too little time for the people up here to share, so I want to give you as much time as we can, but it'll never be enough. So in any order you want to go, let's start with encouraging. Um, the word means to uh, come alongside. It means to, um, to call someone to come next to you. So how, how did you do that? How did you mess that up? What would you tell us in hindsight of encouraging your kids? Oh, just so you know, with the mics, this is very important because you're not all professional speakers. The mics need to be right there because if you drop it down, it's really hard. So it's scary to see it that close to your face. But Am I going first? All right, I'm going first. Um, the things that we did to encourage were um, being really involved in their lives, whatever that looks like, going to church together, being in sports together, uh, just being a part of everything that they're doing and, you know, working hard at being intentional about that, to be part of their life. Well, I would ditto that. That's one of our first points was being involved and supportive. We introduced a lot of different activities to our kids. Um, and then they could choose what they wanted to excel in. But we were always there for them and um, were supportive of what they did. And one thing my daughter Kristen said along encouragement was, Mom and Dad, you wrote me notes at camp or when I was away, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, that practical stuff's really good. Not that I'm listening very intently, but that's really helpful. <laughs> and I would say, again, ditto, but I think the key for us was to know each of our children independently, and parenting isn't a program, it's a journey, and so each one needed encouragement in a different way. One of our children just needed for us to bring people around them that would relate to interests and be able to lead them deeper into whatever they happen to be doing and for us to support that. Another one needed us to just watch not say anything, but just always be there and always watch. <laughs> and the other one just needed to be held and cuddled and hand-holded and patted on the back. And I think 
you just have to know what each one needs at the time. But yeah, you have to be there all the time to know what they need at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. But be honest, you're all wondering which one of those three is Matt, aren't you? You're all wondering. I think I know who it is. We'll find out later. You come and ask him, maybe they'll tell you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a specific question, but yeah, I'll ask my. I got the big mic, so I'll go first. Okay. You make it sound so easy. Let's say you think you're encouraging your kids, and you're tr you're, you did it all right, and the feedback you're getting from them is exactly opposite of what you thought you were doing. What do you do? How do you not feel like a complete failure? Like, I tried, I don't know what to do. Like, you seem like now you have that all figured out, so at times you didn't have it figured out, and you're like, oh. Like, how do you deal with failure, at least the feeling of failure, or how would you recommend to us to deal with the failures when we think we're encouraging them or we're trying and we feel like we're failing. How do you deal with that? When asked um, when there were problems with kids or when I was asked by another mother or whatever, I'd say, you know, we've got to remember first that they're the Lord's children. So that encouraged me and then prayer. Ditto that. Um, I was telling Boog, you know, all due respect to all the books that you read on parenting, and uh, I, I was going to look up how many there are, but uh, we have them all, I think, uh, <laughs> and if you want to have them, you can have them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, actually, parenting, you know, you, you get ready for it. We got married at 27. We didn't have our first daughter, until we have two daughters, until Joan was. 36, and we got challenged by an assistant pastor, you know, weren't you guys going to have kids? And we thought, huh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, then once we got them, oh, my gosh. Uh, we tried to do parenting before. We even went to a week seminar on that. That really helped, actually. But uh, the with community and prayer, but I wanted to get back to the books and all that. That's good. You, you, and then you put all this in a box, and you have this answers. Well, I got news for you. Almost all the situations you come up with, because kids are all individual, it's outside that box. And that's what we got to deal with as parents. And so we um, heavily, it's not a advertisement for small groups. We've been in small groups ever since we've been going to church down here since 73. It's so important to have community and, and prayer. I mean, I would come home and uh, you know, I would get up early. Joan had the kids early in the morning because I left at 5 o'clock in the morning and commuted all my 42 years up to Pasadena. Joan had the kids in the morning, but she had to get them prepared for school and everything else. But then I would come home to the situations in the afternoon. Here comes, <laughs> here comes Dad, you know, the spoon in one hand. Go for it, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, and I'm not going to talk about breaking the spoon over one of them. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, we had great groups. I couldn't even pray sometimes when we went through some situations, you know. And uh, But these people that we're praying for us is so important. Mm -hmm. Community is so important. I'd like to uh, ditto that. If you uh, a lot of dittoing. If you like have a generational thing, the word ditto. 
Well, then I don't have to say everything he said. Um, home groups are really, that's where the church is. That's really where Christianity is, is when you're involved in a small group with people getting involved with each other. So anyway, I thought I'd um, hit on that because it's so important. Uh, I know one of the things that I found out as a when I first became a parent, uh, it was apparent to me that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, the only training I had was really observing what my parents did with me growing up. And there was a lot of things I said I would never do that my parents did. And I, that was the only training I had. And so I, I kind of failed in a, a lot of areas. And I knew that was happening. Um, but the, what I did find out is that as my kids, I have two boys. One, um, you know, that uh, looks like he should be uh, Duck Dynasty uh, <laughs> son. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. But uh, I think one of the things as as a parent that we need to have the uh, beside in 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 Ephesians it says fathers do not provoke your your children to anger and to uh, to to bring them with up with uh, uh, instruction and uh, of the of the Lord and and the discipline of the Lord and I I think once. I started letting uh, scripture, God's word, help me in becoming uh, a, a better father. I think that's when things started changing. And uh, the other thing was, of course, being in, encouraging them, being in everything that my, my son was involved with, I wanted to be part of it. Whether it was something I, I didn't want to do, you know, say that, you know, there's a lot of guys in here that... Uh, like the ocean and like surfing and sometimes surfing as you know there's waves some days and there's not waves other days and there's something going on with your children you might have to give up a good day uh, because because <laughs> because they're worth it because that time believe me that you'll never get that that moment again okay so you said something that's that's important to me. You said that verse, and I had this verse down there because, just so you know, this really isn't about you. I just brought up people that needed to coach me in parenting. <laughs> and so um, that passage th uh, from the Living Bible, it says it this way, and I, I don't know how to do this. Um, like, for example, comforting. You're supposed to comfort them. That's not, I was just talking with a, uh, another mom, and her and uh, her husband and I are good friends, and our kids both surf, and they do sports, and Whenever they get want feedback from us, I'm not really good comforting. In fact, it, I'm doing exactly what it says not to do in Ephesians 6.4. And now a word to you parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with a loving discipline the Lord himself approves with suggestions and godly advice. That sounds really good, but how do you do that? How do you comfort them instead of criticizing? I want to say one thing on that. And... I think one thing a parent makes a mistake of is not intentionally listening. Um, to really be intentional about listening to your children with your heart and mind and eyes and um, 
and be transparent enough to say, I blew it, will you forgive me? And even in what Boogie's saying, you know, to come to your kids and say, you know what, I, I'm not always good at comforting, will you forgive me? And I really want to do better, will you pray for me? You know, things like that, if we can be transparent um, with our kids and be honest with them. We're not perfect, and, but be intentional about certain things and purposeful about certain things so that they, because more is caught than taught, I think, you know, if we just demonstrate and live a life that um, exemplifies the Lord, even if we blow it, to just come right back to that place on our knees and say, you know, we're not perfect, but we're really trying and we love you. I remember um, Matt was about in the fourth grade and he had packed his backpack and he was running away from home. <laughs> and he was on his way out the door and I just said, where are you going? He goes, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, I'm running away from home. And I said, oh, do you want to talk about it? And I just reached out my arm, and he came toward me, and we walked to the family room, and we sat down on the couch, and I don't even know if one single word was spoken. I know we both cried, and I know we sat there for a very long time, and I know that we prayed, and that's all I have to say about that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so with, with that question, what I'm hearing the theme here is that makes me feel better because what would you say to kids first and then we can talk to parents because it sounds like every parent feels like they fall short like I've never met a parent that went you know I pretty much nailed that <laughs> so knowing that's the case what would you say to kids obviously can't talk to your own kids uh, right now but talk to other kids because there's people here that aren't parents and there's people here who have parents and you're still upset with them or whatever. What would you say to those kids as a parent kind of sticking up for their parents, even though you don't know their situation? What would you want to say to them about what it feels like as a parent to be a parent and all the failures and all the things you try to do and you look, how, what do you say? Don't do it. I think, I think you just have to think that nobody's got it wired. It's, it's God. I mean, I know some great parents whose child died of drugs and overdose. And these people are awesome, awesome people. And I've watched them raise their other two children. There is no way that you become a parent and have all the answers, but you do know that if you leave them to the Lord and share the path with them and don't just do it 
talk about it, but do it yourself. It is an amazing example, and I, all I can say is love those kids because the time's going to go mighty fast. Yeah. And hang on to them. And if you have to give in, and it's not a, a hill worth dying on, don't die on that hill. It's not worth it, in my opinion. I want to just um, add, if you have a prodigal or a child that, I mean, everybody knows somebody that does. Um, we learned many years ago that from Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife, she said, it's our job to love them, and it's God's job to make them good. And really, if you have a child that is, you know, live in a way that is making your heart sad, um, don't ever, ever, ever give up. Keep praying and keep giving him to the Lord and keep having people pray with you and keep standing and, and never give up because God is faithful and um, he answers those prayers, especially to a mother's father's heart and a grandmother and grandfather's heart. So just God shines a little bit of light, step into it. Then he shines a little bit more light, and you step into it. We, we never really know how to do this thing perfect, but just be intentional about loving your kids and, and um, being there for them. Uh, I'd like to say one of the um, greatest, I've heard that sa said one of the greatest gifts, this I'm speaking to dads and moms, but one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is to love our wives as men. And I want to encourage you that your, our marriages are under the microscope with our kids. And uh, we don't want to forget about uh, our marriages. We, they, they, a stronger marriage has a better chance of raising uh, the kids the way, the way they should go. And... You know, it's not just our kids that are looking at us. It's, it's their friends, too. And so the way we live our, li our lives as, as married couples uh, is uh, the example that we're giving our, our children. And I believe that uh, that's what they're going to look at when they, when they grow up and then they get married. They're going to they're gonna look back at how, how they were raised. And uh, I believe that that's... Uh, the best that we can do is we can be that example, and and yeah, and the and the, I think the other thing that's really important as parents, as mom and dad, is to be in unity. To and all our decisions with our kids, with the disciplining and with the raising of them and the instruction, is to be in unity the best you know to the best that we can. Ditto. talk about the unity. We talked about this in the course. Um, I was telling you, Joan would have the girls in the morning and I'd get them late in the day, so when the stick came out or whatever, she said, now it's unity. We both have to, and here's my little girls, you know, I gotta take care of them, but uh, that's really important that both of you, we've had a few times with what's unity, define it to each other, and uh, but that's hard. That's hard. And uh, so we had to pray about that a lot. But that's really, really important as the parents to be unity in all we do and, and love them. And then, of course, 
And in the books, it says after you reprimand them, uh, tell them how much you love them and all that. And we're not reprimanding them because of them. It's because of their actions that we, you know, are not godly-like. Amen. But just love them. So. Well, I warned you there wouldn't be enough time. Um, this is bigger than just a Sunday morning. So over the past, uh, well, actually it's been quite a few months, six, seven months, there's been several of us as churches putting together a conference for parenting because we realize how important this is and we realize we need more time and we need to be intentional and we need tools. So um, we're heading up with seven other churches. If you can put the slide up there. There's a parenting conference in October, middle of October. And um, you can go to the website to sign up. It's ridiculously cheap. I think it's $30 towards a couple. Uh, so if you're a couple, if one person comes, I think it's $20. I don't know the exact details. You can go to the website and find out. But it's uh, us and Shoreline and Heritage and uh, Capo Beach Church and uh, Worship Life Calvary, a bunch of other churches getting together. And remember that lady I told you that did the book report? Yeah, she's coming. Um, and her husband, the, they were the family directors up at Forest Home for years, and they're going to be the keynote speakers. But they're just going to be sharing practically some practical things that you can do and then we'll have breakout sessions for families and parents and things like that. There's childcare uh, for the first hundred that sign up. So you might want to be fast. I think it's ten dollars. It's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. So Friday night like six to nine, and Saturday morning like nine to noon, something like that. And so I think it's ten dollars for the whole thing for each kid, which is pretty dang cheap. But there's only the first hundred because we can't do that much. So um, we need more time to do this. Uh, we need more time to take months. We need home groups to gather. We need some of you to come up afterwards and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to take you out to lunch. Let me do that because we're just going to pepper you with questions. Like, this, you can't just fix it. <laughs> See, they're all excited about the lunch part. They're not really excited about the peppering part. Um, but we have to do this together. We, I promise Rachel did not pull them aside beforehand and go, Dad, we need to talk about home groups because they did that all on their own. They had no idea we were even doing that. But it is important. That's why we make it such an important part of the church family, because we have to do this together. And those home groups, that's, that's really the church, those groups. And sometimes they take on a form you'd never imagine, but we've got to do this together. And that's the intentional part. So can we thank our, uh, our can parents, I, please? Can I say one thing? Yes. Please. I, I, know, I know he wants to shut us off, but I want to say one thing. That it's on my heart. It takes a village to raise a child. And we surrounded our kids with other men and women that if something happened to Susie and I, they would have people they know and cared about and cared about them and was involved in life. And as you guys know, Matt had this motorcycle accident when he was in the middle of selling his house. And Russ and Janet Lander, who were a part of that, that group that we had around our kids, came in and repaired the house to get it ready for sale while Matt was in the hospital. You don't do that just with an acquaintance. So surround your kids with a village of friends and let them help raise your kids. Because we can't be all things to all people.
light of that village, I just want to um, give tribute to Moms in Touch, it was called, but now it's Moms in Prayer. I've been involved all through the years with my kids, and even in a group today for college and career. And it's so supportive, and I just would really encourage you to either start one or look for one in the schools where your kids are. One more thing. Just one thing. This is to the dads especially. Don't work so much that you miss your kid's life. You know, just um, enjoy them while you can because a lot of dads get working, working, providing, and they miss a lot of their kid's life. So just be mindful of that. Amen. Ditto. Let's thank our, our parents. Um, I want to invite the uh, worship team up. I want to invite the worship team up, and uh, we're going to take uh, communion together. And so those that are serving communion will have uh, family in the back. And actually, I don't know if family. I don't know who's doing it, but someone in the back and someone up front. Uh, Communion-wise, um, you can come down the aisles. If you're in the first half, you come forward. And if you're in the back half, you can go backwards. If you want to switch it up, it's up to you. Um, if we could have those that are moving the chairs and stuff for the worship team, that'd be great. Uh, I want to say one last thing. Um, I want to say one last thing for us as a church, and it takes a village. Because when they said that, there's something that happened this week. I got a couple emails, and it was like, oh. So we've been talking about how important our family ministry is and all the stuff we want to do for our kids. Because we can't do it alone. Like, it's not like, okay, parents, now make this happen. Like, it, God intended for us to do this in community, which is why for this next series that we're going through as a church, it's the good and beautiful community. Like, how do we do this? How did God, in his word, intend for us to do life together? How did, and part of it is just us looking out for each other's kids. So I got um, two separate emails going, basically it's like the, the red light, danger, danger, danger. And it said, we're down to two elementary teachers, because everyone else, for whatever reason, I don't even know who all the teachers are, but we're down to two. Do we know anybody? And, no, and preschool. Is it just preschool? You're positive? Okay, good to know. But if you're an elementary teacher, we could use you. Um, but preschool, we're down to two. And it's like we have to have people step up. And I know that you're like me. Going, I can't do that. I'm horrible. I don't, don't put me in the class. Somebody has to love on these kids. Somebody has to step up. Obviously, other parents need to step up. But some of you may go, I make kids laugh. We need some help in there just to just helping these kids to let them know that there's people there for them. So we should never get to that point. We should have a surplus. So we're like, oh, I'm once every six weeks? Okay, fine. We need more. So we'll be doing a lot of sign-ups for that because it's that important to us as we shared about last week and the week before, and I'm sure we're going to hit it next week. So um, let me pray for us uh, for communion. Father. Think of that song, Cornerstone. We lean on you for everything. Parenting, marriage, work, our emotions. There's so much, Father, and so we look to you, and, and as we take communion, we remember you. Remember that you came out of love and that you gave. 
And you gave your life. You gave your body that was broken for us. And you shed your blood for us. And Father, there's no way our mind will ever wrap around everything that this means. But we remember you. And we do this together. Like all the sacraments, Lord. Like communion, we do this together. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So could you all stand? And at your leisure over the next two songs, uh, you can come and take communion. So I want to give you guys the freedom to, as we play the next two songs, come up and take communion. Communion. And I uh, just want to preface this, this song that we go into. It's going really back and forth of if I wanted to do this song or not. And now hearing what the parents panel had to say, I think it's really fitting. And uh, I want to encourage you also that this is a time and place for God to do work on your hearts and in your lives. And he wants to do the work um, right now. So. Take the time to open up yourself to God because he wants to to heal. He wants to help. Kind of the meat of the song is where he says, lead me. And as a church, I just want to come together and um, ask that God would lead us together.
I know there's going to be a line of like seven more people that were going to come up and tell me about the offering. We got it covered. We got it covered. I had Jared come up, the offering, you forgot about the offering. No, we didn't. Um, so this last song is going to be when we're going to take the offering, and we're still going to be having communion at the same time. And then after that, um, Shane will come up and close us in prayer. And we'd love for you to race back there and help relieve the, the two preschool teachers we have left and any of the elementary uh, to help clean up so that they can go and watch uh, the 49er game and the Packer game later. Um, so we're going to need help to do that. It's going to take a village to do that to free people up. But um, let's pray for this offering that it's used for what the Lord wants. As a leadership team, we're wrestling with all kinds of things and how he wants to use his funds. So we need his wisdom. So I'd like to pray for that. Father, this is an offering to you, and so show us how to invest it in the things that are in your heart. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So during this last song, uh, if you still haven't taken communion, please feel free.
rad was that having those people up here? Let's hear it again for you know, all the parents. And uh, I just love hearing people share, you know, at that point where their kids are grown and you see that they raised amazing kids because I'm just like always feeding off that. And like Boog said, and they talked about all the books and all like, you know, God's entrusted me to raise these three boys, which completely overwhelms me almost every day because I'm just a kid myself. So I'm constantly like looking for advice from people and things and and uh, you'll hear contrasting ideas and stuff, and I always get freaked out, but then I always kind of fall back on the scriptures, and, and and for me, it's reassuring just to kind of think, there's one story that always sticks in my mind, just real quick, of in Genesis, you know, Jesus, or God's there with his first couple children, right, Adam and Eve, and he's just with them, he's hanging out, and, and uh, they're just together, and everything's perfect, and then he comes to come hang out with them one day, and they're hiding, right, and they're naked, and they're, and they're super embarrassed, because they're naked, and he's like, you ate of the tree. How do you even know you're, you know you're naked now because you ate of the tree? You blew it, you know, and as parents, we come and find our kids so many times, it's like, oh, you blew it, and I just love God, like the true, like, loving father, instead of just, like, embarrassing them and saying, hmm, deal with it, find something to wear now, he, he makes them clothing, and he just loves them in that way, and for me, it's, it just empowers me every once in a while when I'm just, like, wanting to let my kids figure things out on their own, um, that, just to look at God and just how the, see how the loving Father that He is. So, um, I was just really encouraged by everything you guys shared today. So, thank you. And uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you um, and just acknowledge that acknowledge that you are the true loving God and our true Father. And um, for those of us who are parents and um, who want to be parents, Lord, we just come before you and ask for the strength and the wisdom to do so. Just empower everybody this week and bless everybody. And uh, just, Lord, just help us as we go. I pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, have a great week.